This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. Five minutes after five o'clock on a Thursday morning. Here it is, the 10th day of 11. Come on in, fabulous farm babe, Pam Yonke. We got all kinds of things we want to share with you this morning. Wisconsin's got a new fairest of the fairs. She was introduced to the audience last night at the Chula Vista Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Our own Jenna Preston was there to visit with her. I'll introduce you to her after 5.30. Also, some very special first-time awards presented at the Wisconsin Fair Association Convention. Remembering our friend, Bob Williams. Well, weather-wise for today, get ready for another cold one, but we should have some sunshine around today. That's the good news. Sunny today looks like 26 are expected high. Hopefully that wind is going to die down just a little bit as well. About a 10% chance we might see some precipitation sometime this morning or this afternoon. Tomorrow we bounce up to 33 under partly cloudy skies with a chance of snow Friday night into Saturday and then for Saturday. Light snow, 34 is our expected high. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist has those weather details coming up in about 15 minutes. And Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com, joining us live via Skype before 6. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. When their employees live where you live, that's Wisconsin Strong. When they support the local community by giving back, that's Wisconsin Strong. When your insurance premiums stay here, that's keeping Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual has been voted one of the top 50 insurance companies in the nation for auto, home, business, and farm insurance for the 10th year in a row. Their local agents and local employees make us Wisconsin Strong. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Judging by the weather outside, it's tough to start thinking about uh, spring activities like June dairy breakfast, county fair activities. But I'll tell you, a lot of folks in Wisconsin thinking about Wisconsin Farm Technology Days. Fabulous Farm Big Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, where just a few months down the road, Jefferson County will get ready to host the 2019 show. Bob, they're already pretty well prepared. But the question of where that show is going to be in the future is one that had been up in the air until recently. It really has, Pam, and now it looks like Farm Technology Days Incorporated has a pretty good handle for the next three, four, even maybe five years. But uh, we do know where it's going to be through 2022. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire, and that 2022 show won't be too far away from our barn. It'll be back in Clark County, last hosting the show in 2005, but Chuck Reith, who was very active with the organization at that time, is again back involved with spearheading the organizing group in Clark County. Our Scott Schultz had a chance to talk to Chuck and County Agricultural Agent Richard Halopka to get an update on the process and ask Chuck Reith what spurred the interest into hosting Farm Technology Days again in Clark County. Well, it all started when we were um, touring the other counties that had Farm Technology Days, and then we were over there at um, Wood County and checking theirs all out. And uh, I had worked over there in their corporate office, and I started thinking, ah, it's maybe it's time again for Clark County to host it. It does bring in a lot of revenue for our county and the county surrounding a 60-mile radius. Uh, it's going to be quite an impact. 
it was a long it was a long ride for you the last time, and it's a, it's work, isn't it? It is, but it's also fun. We when we put this together, our mission was to let it's us enjoy what we are doing here. We don't know when we'll ever get it back, so enjoy what we do. And the last time uh, is this what the third time I think that Clark County's will have had it. The first time I remember was at the Clark County Healthcare Center. And are there still scholarships in the lake coming out of that? Do you remember? I think those have all been exhausted at this point. I know the monies that we used in 2005 show went back into our um, fairgrounds at that time, and some went to the uh, high ground as well. So we're ready to do things and see what we can do to uh, benefit the people of Clark County. Now, Richard, you were saying before off the air here that uh, you guys have a meeting coming up with the state fellas. Uh, what's, the, what's the story on that? Yeah, so we're going to be meeting with Matt Bluen here on January 15th, kind of laying out the groundwork just so we can establish groundwork, some guidelines, some timelines. Uh, right now, it's just kind of in the infancy, you know, as Chuck had mentioned earlier. And uh, from that point on, then we'll start ramping up. We'll probably be looking at, you know, peoples for committees. Uh, I've had phone calls. I think Chuck has had phone calls. So we have had interest already been shown. Chuck, how did it go? Uh, did Is that just Chuck Reith sitting at that office thinking, boy, this should have happen again? Or were there several of you that uh, sat around and had a cup of coffee and, and, uh, and kicked it around? How did it go? That's generally, you have hit the nail on the head. We were talking to some people um, that were at the show that are from Clark County and they all agreed, oh, let's, let's, let us see what we had to do for a bid. So anyway, we had to start the process right away, immediately. And we did not know if we wanted to do 21 or 22. So what happened was that we had to start the process. We had to go through an an extension committee. They gave the blessing to go ahead and do it from that area of their committee structure here in the county. And then the next step was that we had to take it to finance for the county they gave the blessing to send it on to the county board, and it passed uh, unanimously at the county board to make that presentation because what we had to do is present this at the fall uh, meeting that they have Wisconsin Farm Technology Days at, uh, in Madison. So we went down there and presented the bid to uh, see if we were going to be awarded. At that time in October, they said, we will let you know sometime in December or January if you've been awarded that uh, bid. What has happened is that they're changing somewhat of the structures of Farm Technology Days. Farm Technology Days in 2021 will be hosted at the Jefferson County Fairgrounds. But uh, 2019 will be hosted by the Jefferson County uh, Wisconsin Farm Technology Days, which in 2020 will be uh, Eau Claire County hosting. So we wanted to have a little gap in between Eau Claire and Clark County, so it all depends on where the host area is going to be. Uh, give us a little break there a little bit. But any time this show does come to Wisconsin, uh, central Wisconsin, there's a very good uh, turnout of people that show up. Richard, has there been talk about uh, you know doing that county kind of uh, or the state organization kind of thing here in Clark County? This or this is going to be a straight up Clark County affair 
not like the 2021 show being planned. Uh, any idea that it wouldn't be at the Clark County Fairground or anything like that? And have there been people showing interest at all in hosting? Well, I don't know if there's been anybody express interest. I've heard rumors that there are people that have expressed interest. That's all I can say today because there's nothing official. And we haven't officially started looking for a farm yet. So that's unofficially, we don't know. Uh, as far as, uh, you know, you're talking possible permanent sites and that, I guess uh, I, I like the traditional farm technology days on the farm. Uh, you know, we, we want, I guess our goal when Chuck and I first were scratching heads and trying to come up, we wanted to show the state Clark County is very traditional. However, we also, even while we're traditional and we have a lot of dairy cows and we produce a lot of milk, we still do have a lot of technology uh, on some of these larger dairies. Uh, we've got 12 to 14 CAFOs right now in the county. So we've got the extreme, but our average dairy herd actually in the county is about 80 cows, which is very traditional. But even in those traditional herds, you're seeing a lot of the new technology coming in today. And I think that's the key. We want to, while we are traditional, we want to show that, you know, we can bring technology into some of this traditional dairying industry. Chuck, what do you see as some of the things that we can show off here in Clark County? Well, there's a lot to see. You know, and in our last show that we did, we even did some uh, forestry. And it was very, very well attended uh, here in Clark County. I mean, our hog population is growing. Our poultry population is growing very well. Our dairy, our beef. So there's a lot of interest here in different diversifications of agriculture. Uh, you're, you look at look at our, our Mennonites uh, with their uh, greenhouses and stuff. There is so much to gather here. I mean, we we get we pull it from all corners. How was the reception on the county board and the the egg committee? Was it uh, oh boy, let's get after this right away, or was there serious trepidation or anything like that? Everybody everybody was all in for it. Uh, it was like uh, there were all the votes are cast unanimous to go ahead for this because of the impact what it would do and showcase our county. What kind of commitment does the county, as the county board, the county government, have to have besides you know putting Richard to work here a little extra? Uh, there's there's quite a bit that comes out of from the county per se. We'll be working with the uh, law enforcement. We'll be working with uh, the uh, Ag and Extension as well as Forestry and Parks, uh, Highway. So those departments, the major departments, will be all uh, putting their uh, hands in there, helping us out wherever we need to have uh, help with. And Richard, back at the Extension office, everything was uh, all excitement in there when you said, hey, we're going to have Farm Technology Days. Uh, and you can be honest either way. Well, I guess the first comment was is uh, retirement talk came up, and I, and I did commit to this project, so I can't. They won't let me retire till after this. And the other thing is, the only excuse we'll allow in our office for not attending or not helping and volunteering in this is, is we need a death certificate. And if we do have a death certificate, we'd like to bury the ashes on the site at that time. So that's the only excuses we're accepting right now out of our office. So, 
Chuck, is there a region in the county that uh, you'd, you'd lean towards, south, north, east, west? Uh, does that make a difference? Uh, what, what kind of things are going to go into the site selection? Uh, there are no, none. Um, whatever corner of this county that you go by or visit or travel by, agriculture is right here. There's, um, the diversification will be wonderful to see. I don't care where you're going to be at in, in this county. It's going to be very well, very well. And as far as the organization of the committee, uh, you said that's going to come together within the months or within a year. What are you looking at? Well, I think right now we're looking at, um, I would like to have our committee all put together already by early summer and then start looking at uh, applications going out late summer, early fall, so we could go out and visit the farms that want to host and then because that committee will be making the decision where they want to host. And Richard, uh, agriculture is changing, as you mentioned, here in Clark County. Uh, and it's in some ways going back to the diversification that we might have had 40, 50, 60 years ago. And in other ways, uh, modernizing into the larger CAFOs at the same time. Uh, how much difference is egg going to look in, in Clark County in three years than it does right now? Well, I mean, change isn't going to stop. I mean, that's all I can say. I mean, you know, I'm about 10 years in in this uh, position at this time. And, you know, a few years ago, we never heard of hog operations. Now we're looking at six to seven hog operations, a number of uh, uh, egg-laying operations. So, I mean, these have all happened in the last five, about the last five years. So, you know, you look five years ahead. I mean, you look at the change five years ago to, to now, you know, you need change to keep generating, you know, things in the county. Um, yeah, the diversification in this county is just amazing. I mean, the reason why I like this job is partly because of the diversification. You come in at 8, you know what your job is for the day, but then at 8.01 it all changes, and that's what I like about it in Clark County. All right, fellas, thanks a lot for doing this, and have a great time organizing another great Clark County show. From the northern end of the world's longest barn, I'm Scott Schultz. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Darren College, a former NFL Super Bowl champion, signed the most important contract of his life to serve in the Army National Guard. The National Guard for me was a perfect fit. I've had a lot of military in my family. It's a big part of what uh, my family's done for a long time. I'm, I want to go out there and make a difference. I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. I didn't find that in the normal day-to-day -day life. I didn't find that working behind a desk. I realized being hands-on and being a soldier was something that would keep me active, keep me outside, keep me in the, that team environment that I craved and that I needed so much. And then the opportunity to serve my community and serve my country was just like, on the cake. I wanted to be in Boise, Idaho. I wanted to be home. The National Guard gave me the opportunity to stay right where I was, serve my country and my community, and it was the best of both worlds. I grew up flying bush planes in Alaska with my dad. I was fortunate enough to get my pilot's license. I wanted to be in helicopters. I wanted to be a crew chief. The Army National Guard gave me a chance to fly helicopters now instead of fixed-wing aircraft. To learn how to be part of the Army National Guard, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. Art doesn't see disabilities. That's because art is truly for everyone, all artists, ages, cultures, and abilities. But for individuals with disabilities, making art transforms not just them as creators, it transforms everyone around them. 
VSA Wisconsin has been changing lives through art for over 30 years. We provide accessibility and participation in all arts learning that enhance so many aspects of life. For thousands of Wisconsinites with disabilities, from three years old to seniors, we offer participation in music, visual art, creative writing, movement, and drama. What can VSA Wisconsin do for you? Inspire. You'll see at our programs, shows, events, and sales throughout the state. Attend classes and workshops taught by professional artists at the VSA Art Center in Madison. Or visit our gallery and shop and take some inspiration home. Visit us online at vsawis.org to volunteer, donate, to get informed, get involved, and get inspired by art all over again. As subtle as blaze orange, this is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Ah, uh, yeah, here we go on a Thursday morning, five, almost 522 now. we got to talk weather. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype. Well, the wind settled down some yesterday. I didn't have to worry about staking down the little Sheltie pups, but it's still kind of a blustery, blustery overcast situation out there, Stu. I'd like to go one way or the other. Either we're going to get sunshine or I'd like to get snow background to cover up the ugliness out there. You can't have either. Sorry. <laughs> That's the way my luck's been running this morning. What am I going to get? Well, it's going to stay a little breezy and there will be some sun trying to fight through today, but it's not going to be a perfectly sunny day, but the temperatures are starting to head back up. They'll be a lot closer to normal today and above normal tomorrow, but a weak low pressure system is going to drop southeast out of the Dakotas, heading around southern Minnesota by late tomorrow. That will account for just a little snow, if not even late in the nighttime Friday or just into Saturday. A little snow, probably not enough to cover. More mild air returns on into next week. I'll have forecast details right after this. And now it's time for another Focus on Energy flashback. No matter what you're doing on the farm, a remodel, an upgrade, uh, anything like that, and maybe possible new construction, you should always call the Focus on Energy Advisors in advance because you guys have the trained eye on where to look for those kind of energy savings and especially those bonuses, double bonuses. Yes, not only do we have the two dairy energy specialists, but we also have 12 energy advisors located throughout the state to help those customers get in on those first uh, planning meetings to make sure that we get as many incentives for the farmers as we can because Lord knows that they need it right now. Boy, for sure. FocusOnEnergy.com is the website. I always encourage you, uh, whether you're working with an electrician, a builder, anybody in the trades, make sure you ask them early on, hey, are you a part of the Focus on Energy program? Do you know our Focus on Energy advisor? Many, many will. Partnering with Wisconsin Utilities. Focus on Energy. Learn more at FocusOnEnergy.com. All righty, Stu, give me a couple more details on what we should dress for today. Well, a little bit more mild. We'll add a few degrees back to normal in the mid-20s. Partly sunny skies. The sun will be there, but maybe not as strong as we'd like and not as windy. North winds, 05 to 15, become a bit variable later in the day. Partly cloudy overnight, dropping back into the upper teens. That's more like normal. And the south winds will be around 5. But mostly cloudy skies develop Friday up into the low 30s with the south winds at 5 to 10. But late night Friday or just into Saturday, a little light snow, less than an inch of accumulation. With clouds and snow Saturday, Pam, I expect some low or mid 30s. So a pretty mild pattern again, but it will be a little bit in the cloudy side. All right. We're cool out there this morning, barely into double digits. Lacrosse, you're clear in 12 degrees, feels like three. Mauston clear in 10. Madison 
clear in 12, Fond du Lac clear in 12, and likewise, Oshkosh clear in 12 degrees at 525. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Darren College, a former NFL Super Bowl champion, signed the most important contract of his life to serve in the Army National Guard. The National Guard for me was a perfect fit. I've had a lot of military in my family. It's a big part of what uh, my family's done for a long time. I'm, I want to go out there and make a difference. I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. I didn't find that in the normal day-to-day life. I didn't find that working behind a desk. I realized being hands-on and being a soldier was something that would keep me active, keep me outside, keep me in the, that team environment that I craved and that I needed so much. And then the opportunity to serve my community and serve my country was just like, on the cake. I wanted to be in Boise, Idaho. I wanted to be home. The National Guard gave me the opportunity to stay right where I was, to serve my country and my community, and it was the best of both worlds. I grew up flying bush planes in Alaska with my dad. I was fortunate enough to get my pilot's license. I wanted to be in helicopters. I wanted to be a crew chief. The Army National Guard gave me a chance to fly helicopters now instead of fixed-wing aircraft. To learn how to be part of the Army National Guard, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. When their employees live where you live, that's Wisconsin Strong. When they support the local community by giving back, that's Wisconsin Strong. When your insurance premiums stay here, that's keeping Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual has been voted one of the top 50 insurance companies in the nation for auto, home, business, and farm insurance for the 10th year in a row. Their local agents and local employees make us Wisconsin Strong. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. I got a $5,000 signing bonus to join Santa Max. It was a no-brainer. I'm a CDL Class A truck driver for Santa Max. Home every day and no weekends. Santa Max is hiring CDL Class A truck drivers with experience to join the DeForest Third Shift team. Quarterly bonuses and a $5,000 signing bonus. Great pay, great company, and a $5,000 signing bonus. I made the move to Santa Max. It was a no-brainer. Email your resume to apply at SantaMax.com. S-A-N-I Max. SantaMax.com. People fall in love by accident, but they stay in love on purpose. Falling in love is easy. Staying in love is a daily decision. You remember falling in love? Of course you do. And you remember buying that diamond ring together. Years have come, years have gone. You've changed houses, changed furniture, changed your hairstyle and your wardrobe, maybe even changed your career. But that ring, that little diamond ring, has remained exactly the same. It represents your early years together. But how about a ring for now, for these years together? Make your next wedding anniversary truly spectacular. Come to Kessler's. Take a look at all the new styles of rings, the new colors of gold, and the important diamonds you couldn't afford back then. You fell in love by accident. You stayed in love on purpose. Her little diamond ring speaks of your history. Now come in. Take a look at the rings that speak of your future. I promise you, the best is yet to come. That ugly shirt you got for your birthday dilemma. Hang it in the closet for the rest of its miserable existence, or toss it. 
Wear it to Johnny's Lounge in Beaver Dam for a who-gives-a-rat night on the town. Burgers, oozing juices, and sauces from the rim will dribble right off your chin onto your... Well, you can connect the dots. Ruin your shirt at Johnny's Lounge at Beaver Dam. Visit for the food and fun. Leave with a sizable smile and a bulging belt line. Art doesn't see disabilities. That's because art is truly for everyone, all artists, ages, cultures, and abilities. But for individuals with disabilities, making art transforms not just them as creators, it transforms everyone around them. VSA Wisconsin has been changing lives through art for over 30 years. We provide accessibility and participation in all arts learning that enhance so many aspects of life. For thousands of Wisconsinites with disabilities, from three years old to seniors, we offer participation in music, visual art, creative writing, movement, and drama. What can VSA Wisconsin do for you? Inspire. You'll see at our programs, shows, events, and sales throughout the state. Attend classes and workshops taught by professional artists at the VSA Art Center in Madison. Or visit our gallery and shop and take some inspiration home. Visit us online at vsawis.org to volunteer, donate, to get informed, get involved, and get inspired by art all over again. With our Packer Insider Rob Reichel, especially a couple of days earlier. Uh, thanks for coming off the uh, off the bench You're early, Robbie, to talk about the hire. Well, uh, these are unique times in Green Bay, right, Joe? We, we can't control the clock. So uh, this is how uh, this is how Brian Judicus and Mark Murphy moved on the job, and and we reacted. Here we go, right? Well, let's uh, let's get into it. Talk about a, it's a great place to start because you talk about the, the timeline of this and. You know, Mike McCarthy being fired five weeks ago and the Packers talking about getting a head start. I mean, no disrespect to the Packers or Matt LaFleur or Mike McCarthy. They could have fired McCarthy five days ago and hired Matt LaFleur. Was was the firing McCarthy thing in season, do you think retrospectively, a bad move by the Packers? Did, were they just trying to catch lightning in a bottle for the playoffs? Because if this, you know, looking at this hire, this is something that didn't need to be five weeks in the making, was it? No, it wasn't. I mean, you, your question there, you know, was it was it a mistake or whatever to, to fire McCarthy in uh, you know with four weeks left? I I still say probably slightly yes, Joe. I mean, a, a coach thirteen years in in the making, um, thirteen years in the organization wins a Super Bowl, four NFC championships. He probably deserved to be treated better than he was on the way out the door, Joe. But at the same point in time. I mean, the last two, three weeks, his, his team really showed no life. Um, it, especially, especially that Arizona game. He was, he was dead man walking. He knew he was dead man walking. So this clearly gave them some, some time, Joe, to, to get a jump start on, on the whole thing. Um, whether they, um, you know, kind of locked in on the floor as early as, let's say, mid to late December. Uh, we'll find out, I think, in the next day or so when, when they hold press conferences with, with Murphy and Gutekunst and, and the new head coach, um, you know, or if, if that was just something that played out here, Joe, in the, in the last few days where he wowed him in an interview and um, Murphy and Gutekunst said, hey, there's there's all these other job openings. We better we better get our man and we better get him now or he's, he's going to wind up somewhere else. So I, I'm sure, Joe, uh, having that extra time to go and hunt for that next head coach wasn't a bad thing. Uh, but, but I mean, let's be honest. I think by that point in time, the Packers knew they were moving on from McCarthy one way or the other. So even if he was still in the building, I, I think those guys were going to be making some phone calls. Uh, visiting with our Packer insider, Rob Reichel, Bob McGinn, footballforbes.com. You know, you, you look at the, 
the, the list of candidates, Robbie, and I think a lot of people, myself included, if you would have put my feet to the fire a week ago, I would have thought it was was Josh McDaniels. I mean, having some time to think about this, do you think that was the the thought because he was the safe candidate or the named candidate, and that in anything in life you always want to go with something you've 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 seen before and what you know? And Lafleur could very well be the best guy, but he just was more of an unknown. Is that why there was so much maybe thought that McDaniel was going to be the guy because he was the known candidate? Yeah, and obviously the track record in New England, Joe. But, you know, again, I, I never was a big believer that McDaniel was the kind of guy and the right fit necessarily for Green Bay. I mean, it, it, let, let, let's, not even, let's not even call him a safe candidate because he failed miserably, obviously, in Denver. And, you know, and, and then he leaves the, leaves the Colts at the altar at this time last year, which was, you know, kind of an all-time low ball move. Um I think it was the whole Belichick tree and the and the resume he acquired, uh, you know, working all these years with Tom Brady that put him in the in the front and in the minds of so many. But Joe, I mean, you've seen this too with you know the other teams that have openings right now. I mean, the, the only two teams that wanted to interview Josh McDaniels were Green Bay and Cincinnati, and McDaniels turned down the Bengals. Um, and he's he's going to be a guy that's going to be a tough sell to a lot of a lot of owners and a lot of front offices and a lot of management structures the rest of his career. You know, I, I know his agent left him uh, as soon as, as McDaniels left the Colts and said, you've committed career suicide um, by doing what you did to Indianapolis. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm guessing on this, Joe, but I think from Green Bay's perspective, um, they, they looked at the list of candidates. I, I still would say, Joe, this, this was not a great year to be out on the hunt for your next head coach. We'll find out if the Packers have upgraded or not from Mike McCarthy. They certainly took a risk uh, by doing this. But I, I think McCarthy's you know, program had kind of gotten stiff and kind of gotten stale through the years, and it, 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 it was time for a change. I, but it just it, was, it wasn't an ideal offseason to go looking for a head coach, Joe. This, this wasn't an overly gifted group of candidates, at least not paper. Now, LaFleur could surprise some of these other guys that are going to get hired here in the next week or so. This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. All right, we've got Bryce Noor, commodity specialist with Farm Futures Magazine, joining us live before 6. Uh, we were supposed to get a World Ag Supply Demand Report tomorrow. That's not going to happen, but Brazil's coming out with production estimates today. We'll get a update from Bryce on how the market's reacting to all this as we roll towards 6 o'clock. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. Okay, want to wish happy birthday to Pat Benatar. She's a singer-songwriter. George Foreman, the boxer, his birthday today. And Rod Stewart, he was born back in 1945. Happy birthday to him. Back on this date in 1863, the London Underground opened. They call it the Tube. It's the world's oldest underground railway. I didn't know that. Here in Wisconsin on this date, back in 1865, Mary Ingalls was born. You know, Little House on the Prairie? Well, Mary was Laura Ingalls' older sister, and she was actually born today up in Pepin back in 1865. Uh, she had a bout of scarlet fever, went blind in 1879, ended up going to the College for the Blind in Vinton, Iowa. She died in South Dakota in 1928. Mary Ingalls, the older sister of Laura Ingalls Wilder, and now you know. All right, now we know who our 2019 Wisconsin Fairest of the Fairs is. From a record field of 42 contestants, last evening, Megan Beekle, 
from Brown County was selected as the 2019 Fairest of the Fairs. She grew up in Wrightstown and tells our own Jenna Preston she was involved in her county fair from beginning to end. So I was involved in a lot uh, throughout my years in the fair and in 4-H. I exhibited pretty much every project known to man, you name it, between shooting sports, woodworking, canning, sewing. Um, I enjoyed that component, but what I enjoyed most was showing my animals at the fair. Um, so then the time came that I could no longer show animals and I decided I wanted to still participate in my fair. So I ran for my county fair's position and now here I am. Megan Beekle, our 2019 Fairest of the Fair representing Brown County. She is the daughter of Bill and Jen Beekle, a graduate of Wrightstown High School, currently attending UW-La Crosse, looking at a degree in occupational therapy. But for 2019, she's going to be busy traveling across the state as the fair ambassador, and she says she's excited about the opportunity. I think a goal of mine is to really, what I learned in this past year is to really just take in every moment and view it as a learning opportunity. Um, There's so much to learn throughout the whole state of Wisconsin and every state fair is, you know, just so unique. So I look forward to just taking taking the time to soak everything in. Megan Beekle from Brown County. She is our 2019 Fairest of the Fairs, ready to go. And uh, again, congratulations to Isabella Hain from Kiwani County, our outgoing Fairest of the Fair. She logged more than 13,000 miles this year just talking on behalf of county and state fairs. So congratulations to Megan. Good luck to Isabella. Now, that wasn't the only big announcement last night at the Chula Vista Resort in Wisconsin Dells. They also handed out their first ever Bob Williams Memorial Award. Now, I'm sure most of you in my audience met Bob Williams, maybe at the county fair, maybe at a June dairy breakfast. Bob Williams, my little potato, he was uh, Mr. County Fair at the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection. Last evening, they presented the first ever Bob Williams Memorial Award, and it went to Ben Bransell, former Wisconsin Ag Secretary. Wonderful to have Ben back in the fold for just a couple minutes. And then there were also the Bob Williams Grants that went to special county fairs around the state. And they included the Rock County Fair and Florence County Fair. Each of those will receive $500 apiece. So there you have it, the wrap-up of the 2019 Wisconsin Fairest of the Fair competition, Megan Beekle, and the first-ever Bob Williams Memorial Award going to Ben Bransell, Bob Williams Ag Fair Grants to Rock County and Florence Counties. It's 539. When you think of Palmer Amaranth, water hemp, ragweed, and mare's tail, doesn't it just make you want to give them the pounding they deserve? Now you can with Diflex Duo Herbicide. It's the post-emergence corn herbicide with two proven sites of action. So you get powerful control of the toughest weeds, built-in resistance management, and excellent crop safety. So don't just hit weeds. Pound them like never before with Diflex Duo. Learn more at DiflexDuo.us. Always read and follow label instructions. All right, it's 5.40 on the clock. We'll be catching up with Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, in just a little bit. Uh, There was another special event that was going on yesterday up in Loganville. Uh, It was designed to bring farmers, their families, their support network together and talk about the stress that families are facing. You know, there's a lot of groups paying attention to the stress that Wisconsin farm families are under, and that includes a fellow named Dale Meyer. Dale Meyer, just a simple congregation member up at St. Peter's Lutheran Church in Loganville, who recognized that there was a need for some kind of conversation about what was happening in his rural community. 
Now, where do you find the resources, though, to help counsel people in your rural community, your friends, your neighbors? I talked to Dale Meyer yesterday in front of his special Farm Stress and Suicide Awareness Forum and asked him how he got started with the program planning. Well, basically, thoughts of uh, the farm situation. Uh, Second of all, we had a gentleman in our congregation that committed suicide. So I was talking with several people in my congregation, and we decided that we wanted to do something positive. Uh, We couldn't do nothing for the person that's gone, but maybe we can do something for somebody that's thinking about it. So we started talking, and uh, we didn't know that Sauk County had anything. Mm-hmm. on that subject. Mm-hmm. So then uh, I started out through the church mm-hmm. and by publicizing it on in What's Matters, which is the ELCA magazine. Mm-hmm. And then Susan, I believe, heard about it there. Mm-hmm. She contacted me, and now I got a person that can grab hold of the subject. Yeah. And so I said, I need a speaker. I need. Yeah. Uh, we already had a forum on every Wednesday night. We have a faith night. So I said, we'll just do it then. I'll just have a speaker, and we'll come, and that'll be one of our topics. Well, then I was told that there's no farmers going to come at 6 o'clock at night, so we got to make it at noon. So we made a working lunch out of it, and that's what's going on today. And uh, we're hoping to get people in the congregation, but I also sent it out to other congregations and other churches in, in the Sauk County area to come. And I don't know how many we're going to have. But we're, we're planning on 30 people, and that's a start. Simple beginnings. Dale Meyer, a congregation member at St. Peter's Lutheran Church up in Loganville, recognized his community was changing, recognized his congregation was being impacted, and decided to do something about it. So he hoped they were going to see maybe 30, 35 people yesterday. I'm happy to report that there were 44 folks in the audience yesterday in Loganville to listen to people like Sue Springer Judd from the uh, Iowa County Suicide Assistance Helpline. There were other resource people from the Sauk County community that were there. So uh, a nice coming together of folks that genuinely care about what's happening to our Wisconsin farm families but don't necessarily know how to connect. Thank you, Dale Meyer, his wife Carol, helping to organize that, and the St. Peter's Lutheran Church folks for giving them the forum. Now, remember, if there's anything like this going on in your community, please make sure that you share it with the farm babe. You can send it to me on a private message via Facebook. Always look for Fabulous Farm Babe. You can send me an email. You can give me a call. Uh, Any way that you can, just give me that information so we can share it with those that may truly be in need. Well, what the market needs this morning is information. No World Ag Supply Demand report this week, but I guess today Brazil is going to be coming out with some of their estimates. Talk about that with Bryce in just a moment. In overnight trade, December corn right now is down a quarter at 403 and three quarters. November beans down a penny at 961 and a half. July wheat's down two and three quarters cents currently at 528 a bushel. In dairy trade, barrel cheese yesterday dropped three and a quarter cents to 124 and a half. 40 pound block cheese was down a penny at 137. Double A butter, that went up a half to 23 and a half per pound. Right now, February milk's up a nickel at 1437. March closed unchanged at 1488. April milk, 1532. Still got to get out to July, though, before we see any fluid milk contract opportunities in Chicago that touch $16 a hundredweight. 
All right, I think we'll take a quick break so we've got more time to visit with our friend Bryce Knorr, commodity specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com, joining us live via Skype when we come back from the commercial break. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. We are now in the exciting era of biostimulators for the skin. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Products such as Sculptra Aesthetic can be injected safely into the skin to stimulate collagen production. This creates a framework that helps keep or restore facial volume, thus preventing many of the effects of aging such as sagging and wrinkles. Biostimulators such as Sculptra produce subtle, gradual results over time. Many of my patients describe the compliments they receive, such as, You look so great. Wow, you've hardly aged. Not only does Sculptra achieve natural and gradual results, the effect is long-lasting. To learn more, visit the experienced medical professionals at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie for natural, long-lasting confidence and beauty. Let your natural beauty shine. Find us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. Outstanding in her field, this is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Young. Yeah, you probably can get by standing in your field today. Shouldn't be too windy, doesn't look like it's going to snow, maybe still a little bit overcast. It's 547. Time to find out what's uh, casting a shadow over our markets on this Thursday morning. Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. Good enough to join us again live via Skype. Boy, it's been a busy week this week, Bryce. Not so much as far as numbers. Obviously, World Supply Demand Report from the U.S. not coming out. But there are other reports that are coming into the market information-wise. And then, of course, there's been the meetings down in China. Let's start with Brazil. Government shutdown is going to postpone our World Ag Supply Demand Report, but today Brazil, as I understand it, will bring some information to the market. Right. In fact, that uh, report came out at 5 o'clock this morning, and uh, their uh, version of USDA called CONAB uh, cut its forecast of uh, soybean production uh, by about 120 million bushels below USDA's last estimate. Uh, uh, CONAB has been running below USDA. Uh, and the market's been watching this because it turned dry in December in Brazil and it stayed fairly dry. So taking definitely taking the top end off that soybean crop and perhaps also affecting the corn crop, although most of that is planted behind soybeans, so it's just getting in the ground now. 
Uh, the market not having too much of a reaction to that, basically trading uh, steady to a little lower in soybeans and corn uh, down a penny or two in wheat. Uh, but uh, those are uh, the big numbers coming into the market today. They're the only numbers we have. And uh, the markets really seem to be uh, starting uh, to tread water, uh, just uh, uncertain because we not only don't have the USDA supply and demand numbers that would come out tomorrow, but we don't have export sales data that comes out uh, both on a daily basis and then uh, the weekly report would be out today at 7.30 a.m. Central Time. Not going to get that. So, yeah, like you said, uh, so will this, uh, what's the CONAB doing to our overnight trade then, Bryce? Uh, basically firmed up the beans just a tad. They had been a penny or two lower, but uh, not having too much of an impact. It's not a dramatic enough of a change to really get the um, markets moving much. And the number that, of course, I think most traders want to see is what USDA uh, says about the size of the 2018 corn and soybean crops. We still don't know how big they are, and there are a lot of ideas that uh, both crops were a little smaller than USDA's last forecast that were put out all the way back in November. Right, right. Okay, so let's talk about the other developments this week, and that is that uh, the U.S.-China discussions in Beijing stretched to a third day. Now we understand there's a Chinese delegation coming to the United States potentially next week. Um, there's a couple of gives that China has agreed to as far as biotech. Is that momentum, that conversation, going to carry more weight in the marketplace because we lack those reports, Bryce? Well, certainly the lead up to the talk and the start of the talks helped support uh, our markets earlier uh, this week. Really, over the past two weeks, we've had a little bit of a bounce. Uh, but now we don't have any uh, fresh news coming in. And you have to uh, keep giving, uh, keep feeding a bull, as the saying goes. We also, I think there probably is a little bit of a realization uh, that uh, whatever deal they work in agriculture uh, may, not, uh, may not uh, really give the, the market uh, a, a real a lot of help, at least uh, in the near, near term. Uh, China can agree to uh, buy, uh, you know, so many billion dollars of U.S. farm goods in the future. Uh, that doesn't mean it's actually going to do it. Uh, we had uh, those sort of quotas put on uh, long-term trade deals with Russia. If you remember back in the 70s and 80s, and they never bought as much as they were supposed to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about what you're focused in on then today. We've got the CONAB numbers already in the marketplace. What else are you going to be watching today on into next week? Obviously, everybody waiting to see if we're going to resolve this government shutdown situation. Right. Also watching uh, uh, some of the financial markets, the outside markets. Uh, we had uh, crude oil uh, trading all the way up to uh, uh, close to $52 a barrel overnight, uh, pulled back uh, a little bit. Uh, but uh, we've seen uh, energy prices really uh, come off uh, some uh, low b lows for about the past year and a half. Uh, so uh, any pullback now, if folks haven't locked in their spring diesel, uh, they should do so. Uh, also uh, look for some buying opportunities uh, over the short term uh, to start buying uh, propane for drying next year's uh, crops as well. So need to be watching these input markets closely. Fertilizer, it looks like the spring prepay for ammonia going to be extremely expensive. If you can uh, get it off the spot, spot market, it may be cheaper because the spot market price continues to drop. 
So if you can find any uh, leftover supplies, by all means, go ahead and uh, get a hold of it if you're uh, going to be applying ammonia this spring. And then watching the U.S. dollar, it's been kind of going back and forth here. Uh, we had uh, minutes from the latest meeting of the Federal Reserve uh, out yesterday afternoon. Uh, kind of uh, a little bit different tone than the uh, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell uh, struck at his uh, press conference after the Fed's December meeting uh, when he seemed to kind of poo-paw uh, their, uh, their uh, perhaps uh, uh, tendency towards uh, putting interest rate hikes on hold. Uh, the minutes show that uh, that the uh, Fed, Federal Reserve uh, officials uh, just going to stick with gradual increases, uh, nothing dramatic. Uh, that tends to uh, weaken the dollar uh, most of the time. That's why we saw the dollar pull back yesterday, particularly got a rally in wheat. So watching these financial markets, uh, because they continue uh, to perhaps have more of, of an impact now, since we don't have that USDA data. Absolutely. And uh, you're going to be busy today talking to some folks farther south. Tell me about that. Right. We're doing a webinar for the University of Arkansas Extension, uh, but uh, folks uh, anywhere in the U.S., around the world, uh, can uh, watch that. Uh, you can go to our website, check out my morning comments on farmfutures.com. We'll have a link uh, to uh, show you how you can participate in that webinar live. We'll also have it up on our website later today. Ah, we got the cutting edge stuff right now already, Bryce. You're just going to repeat it for them. But we appreciate the offer. Well, otherwise, I'll just send some smoke signals. <laughs> Good deal. All right, Bryce, we appreciate it. We'll catch up with you next week. Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. Like he said, you want to tap into that webinar that he's going to be presenting at uh, 1 o'clock Central Time, just pop on over to farmfutures.com. Like he said, they always make those links, that information available to you. Okay, so tomorrow for our final Friday, we are going to be visiting with some of the folks from Focus on Energy. Man, they are kicking it up a level when it comes to incentives for projects you may be working on, both new and remodeled around the farm. Join us tomorrow morning. It's 555. This is the